Hello and welcome to Daily Disciples Podcast. My name is Tony Lee Adamson and we are here today to talk about the spirit-filled life and what does it mean to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to walk out our salvation? I'm going to take a second and share this with uh, Facebook listeners so that they can join us. And I just want to say thank you for being here today. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for your comments. And we ask that you continue to pass the word. You can follow us through um, date on Podbean. I'm posting this right now, so sorry that I'm I'm pausing. But you can follow us on Podbean. It's P O D B E A N dot com, and it's under Daily Disciples. So um, we also have a blog, Daily Disciples blog. It, you can get to it through Daily Disciples. A podcast. You can also get through it through the dailydisciples.org website. And our phone number is 800-992-0369. Daily Disciples Ministries has been up and running for over 20 years. Bobby Brooks and myself, Tony Lee Adamson, we have been co-founders of Daily Disciples Ministries. And the goal has always been to not only lead people to Jesus or evangelism, but also make disciples of the Lord Jesus. And what does that mean to make disciples? Well, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, I have all authority given to me for you to go and make disciples. And if we know Jesus, then we know we have the power through Jesus to make disciples. So today we're going to talk about life in the spirit again and being spirit filled for salvation, but not only for eternal life, but that that eternal life starts here on earth. Many times, and I know this, I came to know Jesus when I was in high school and I didn't know anything. I mean, I wasn't raised in uh, a church that taught the Bible. I was actually raised Catholic. So, you know, we read the books that were in the pews and followed along. And then most of the prayers we already had memorized. So it wasn't like you had to really think through church. I can't always say that the pastor's message was stimulating. I can say that when I was being raised in New Jersey, I went to a church called St. Bartholomew's and they had a priest that was just alive. He was funny. He would bring smiley face pillows into church. I mean, it was just so out of character for the Catholic priest to, to act like a real human being who had flaws and, and pitfalls. And he was very open about it. And there was a true joy that came from him as he preached God's word. And he really did preach God's word from the Sunday mass. It was, it was pretty cool. And I have to say that even as a, maybe I was in second or third grade, I remember that priest standing out from all the other priests. I mean, he was uh, definitely alive in his faith. Well, when I came to know Jesus in high school, 
it starts with a prayer. It really does. It's a prayer of salvation or salvation means eternal life with God, being saved from ourselves, being saved from sin, being saved from the power of death. But that death isn't only physical death. That death is also, uh, it's a spiritual death. Like we come alive when we say this prayer of Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I know I need a savior. Jesus, I know that I fall short. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, but I also believe you were resurrected so that we too may be resurrected from death. So we are resurrected from a physical death spiritually. What does that mean? Well, it means that our bodies still die. Someday we will die. Unless the Lord comes back, someday we will die. But in that death of the body, we are given a new resurrected body like Jesus had when he walked through the upper room on Resurrection Sunday. So that's a body that we know eats and um and can also walk through walls. So we don't really know what it looks like here on earth, but we do have the hope of a resurrected life. Well, that resurrection life does start with a prayer, but it also starts with the process of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I was Googling fear and trembling and I couldn't believe all the songs that were written about it, all the sermons that have been written about it. I was thinking, wow, I can't even find that the verses in Philippians, I get, I'm just seeing all this content on the term fear and trembling. What does fear and trembling mean? What does it mean to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling? Well, when Jesus said in Luke, the kingdom of God isn't over here or over there because the kingdom of God is within you. What Jesus is saying is when he died, he told us that the spirit would not only be wherever Jesus was because he was the presence of God on earth, but in his death, he was going to give us all that same spirit because he was going away. So Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you here as orphans. I know that you're going to remain in this world, but you're not going to be of this world. And the only way that you will not be of this world is if you live according to the spirit of God. So God's spirit comes in us and seals us for the day of redemption or for eternal life. Uh, we have a Zoom Bible study on Thursday nights and we were actually highlighting and overviewing the book of Revelation. And um, we talked about how in the book of Revelation, the word sealed and scroll is mentioned so often. God's people are sealed. In Ephesians, Paul says, you are sealed for the day of salvation. In other words, someday 
we will stand before God and God will say, yes, she is mine or yes, he is mine because only on earth can we come to know Jesus. Once we die, it's too late. Once we're in the presence of God face to face, it's too late to say, okay, now I believe. Jesus rewards faith and faith means believing without seeing. And even Doubting Thomas said, unless I see his hands and his side where he was, you know, hung on the cross and died with with his hands punctured and his uh, and his side with the spear put in it for him to die. He said, unless I see those things, I will not believe it's Jesus. And Jesus did show up again. And he said to Thomas, and Thomas now has that famous uh, name called Doubting Thomas. Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see and can believe. Well, that's who we are. We're the ones that don't see. We don't have Jesus sitting, eating with us, teaching us about the scriptures, because now we have his Holy Spirit that teaches us. But the Holy Spirit teaching us is living by faith, okay? But we're not orphans. We are not alone. We do have his spirit. I have to say, though, there are times that I do feel very alone. There are times that I do, I can only see in front of me that next hour. And how do we get through that time? And and many times I have to say, I have to start with a prayer and I have to say, Lord, you say you'll never leave me or forsake me. Lord, you say that you are for me. Lord, you say that nothing can separate me from your love. Lord, you say that the Holy Spirit that you've given to us, that he is our counselor, our guide, our teacher, our comforter, that he gives us life and not depression, and that and that you never will leave me without having a uh a source of encouragement or exhortation. And uh, and when I start praying like that to the Lord, I do notice that that shade that makes the room so dark suddenly opens and light streams in. In California, our houses tend to be so close that when we open up the blinds, many times our neighbors can see in. And sometimes we want to keep the blinds shut just so that we don't feel so exposed. But it really is letting in the sunlight, like walking the dog really does show you that there's life outside of, of our dark thoughts when we are in our houses by ourselves. So, so clearly, the Christian life is a life of dependency on Jesus. So to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling means The fear and trembling means that we know that God is in heaven, but he's also in the humblest of hearts. And it's in that acknowledgement that a holy, righteous, all-powerful God who created the heavens and earth also lives and dwells and moves in the humble hearts. So it's in the humility that we bow our heads and we ask the Lord to fill us that day with his Holy Spirit. 
And that verse, it's uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in Ephesians. And what that verse means is not just be filled because of the prayer of salvation, but be continually filled, be presently filled. Ask God today to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask for more and more of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 11, Jesus frequently talks about um, how the, our Heavenly Father gives us good gifts. And if our earthly fathers know how to give us good gifts, which is completely appropriate during the Christmas season, how much more would our Heavenly Father give us good gifts? And then Jesus describes a good gift as being given more of the Holy Spirit. And being given more of the Holy Spirit means that it's a prayer that we ask for his presence. So I was reading in uh, the Old Testament. I read through the Bible every year, and sometimes it's the chronological Bible. Sometimes it's the one-year Bible where there's a Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb section. Sometimes I read through both in one year. And then I also read the Bible during the day, or, you know, I listen to different devotionals. Um, why? Because it keeps my mind on spiritual things. It keeps my mind remembering what's really important. Well, I was reading through the Old Testament and Paul talks about in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, the gift of prophecy. He talks about how the gift of prophecy is more important than the gift of tongues. And sometimes you can wonder, what, what in the world does, does that mean? What does the gift of prophecy even mean? The gift of prophecy means that you can read the word of God, being the Old Testament or the New Testament or the, the Psalms or the Proverbs. You can read it and know that those verses have to do with you today. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you know the exact context of the verse. It doesn't mean that you understand the history of the verse. It just means that as you're reading a verse, you know that that verse is for you. You might not know why that verse is for you, but you have a sense in your heart. Oh, God is speaking to me. This morning I was reading Haggai and Haggai said, uh, the prophet, he was saying, why do you keep making your houses so beautiful when God's house is in ruin? And, you know, if you just think about that verse, I've been in church ministry a long time. And I do think of how often we want to get rid of our couch or want to get rid of something in our house. So we say, oh, we'll give it to the church. You know, like, so instead of buying the church the new couch and waiting till the Lord gives us more money to buy a new couch, we give like the leftovers or the scraps to the Lord. And those verses in Haggai are saying, why do you give God second best? and not first fruits or the first best. And, um, and it's learning the word of God and understanding the heart of God 
that we come to him with fear and trembling, first repenting. Lord, I'm so sorry that I don't give you the best. Lord, I'm so sorry that that I give you the scraps. Lord, I'm so sorry that I think of you only when I'm sad or depressed. I don't I don't think of you as the first thought in the morning. I mean, that is having a sense of fear and trembling of understanding who we are versus who God is. And um, I was thinking about, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I've got to say, anybody who reaches out to talk to me about anything, even strangers in the mall, are friends. I mean, Jesus says he laid down his life for his friends and that we're to lay down our lives. So when I say friends, it doesn't mean somebody who's necessarily really close to me, but it's somebody that I've had a heart to heart conversation with. And I was talking to a friend who said in her practice of medicine, she said so many times she'll say to people, do you have someone who can pick you up after this procedure? And she said, the uh, women who are single say, yes, I have someone. Like they have a community of people. They have someone who tangibly can drive and pick them up. And she said, even many of the gay men have people, a community of people who can pick them up. But she said, it's the single older man, she said, who will just break out crying and say, no, I have no one. I have no one to pick me up. And when we think about fear and trembling, sometimes I think we uh, refer to it as a depression, like that man who's crying, I have no one. Like, what do I do? I have no one to come get me. That's not what fear and trembling means in the context of the Bible. Fear and trembling means that you understand that God is with you all the time. But it is by humbling our hearts that we sense the power of God working through us. And why? Why does that happen? Because the power of God works through our weakness. It doesn't work through the strength that we have. It doesn't work through the way that we think. It works through humbling ourselves to ask the Lord, what do you want, Lord? How do you want me to think, Lord? How do you want me to feel about this situation, Lord? And then going to the word of God and reading something or listening to a sermon. And when you hear those things, actually writing it down and remembering, this is what God said when I asked this question. That's walking out in faith. That is living our salvation with fear and trembling. It's putting God's words and God's ways ahead of our own. Having spiritual eyes means not seeing with our own eyes. Like during this holiday season, there's a lot of things I could say, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. And this kind of bothers me. And I can't believe that this person said this, even though we're all getting together on that day. And, you know, we're going to see people that we don't hang out with all the time, that we only see maybe once a year during the holiday season. And we can have a lot of opinions about what people say or what people think or when they're going to show up or what they want to bring or the gift that they give. But when we come to the Lord and say, Father, help me to see it through your eyes. Suddenly, 
those things that kind of poke us and bother us, they become smaller in the light and the glory of God's love. Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He performed miracles everywhere. He didn't turn anyone away. He was known to hang out with sinners and gluttons and drunkards. And, uh, and then he died on the cross being completely innocent, but rose from the dead. And in that resurrection power, he then not only broke his body for us, but through the breaking of his body, the outpouring of his spirit fell on us and continues to fall on us. We pray a prayer of salvation. Jesus, we understand that you did all these things. And then we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling because it's a process of learning to crucify our desires to live for the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that you live in guilt. Oh, I should do this and I should do that. And God's will is this. And God's will is that. No, the spirit-filled life doesn't live according to the shoulds or the woulds or the coulds. It lives according to life. And that life brings a peace and a joy to our hearts and our minds, knowing that not one thing that we do say or think, we don't want it to represent ourselves, but we want it to represent Jesus, the love of Jesus. That's what the process of salvation is, that we may decrease and he may increase. It's not easy. It's not fun. But I can tell you that it does give you joy. I wrote a blog on um, and on earth a piece to all who God's favor rests. And I do think that we think peace on earth means that we're all going to get along. That's not going to happen on this earth. We are too, too full of ourselves, right? I mean, we have too many power struggles. We have too many opinions. We have too many desires that, that we want filled for ourselves. I mean, two people getting along even in a marriage is challenging. And, and they got married, hopefully, at the height of their, of their love. Um, my friend really had a desire to get married, and, and she dated a man for a couple of years, and then... Uh, when she got married, she saw that he was completely different than the person she dated. And many of us saw this at her wedding. Like we thought, boy, he's not, he's not the same person that we all knew the last couple of years either. And we kind of wondered, what is this? Well, come to find out, you know, he was able to keep back, quote, uh, his real personality and his real demons until they got married. And then it's kind of like you can be on your best behavior through the dating process 
and then once you get married, it's kind of like, yeah, now you're stuck with me. So, so, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like that, but too bad, you know, we're married. And, um, uh, and she said she would say to him often, you know, it's inappropriate when you, you know, witness when you're drunk or what, you know, I mean, and he would say, yeah, I know that's a problem. You'll have to pray for me. Almost as if he wasn't going to take responsibility for it anymore because now he's married. And she said to him, she said, you know, I'm not going to remain in this marriage. And she said, because I've been deceived for years. Like all of a sudden I wake up and realize you're not the person I married. And, and just because we got married, I, I feel like this has been a betrayal that you have done. Like you have been deceptive. And, um, of course there starts being guilt wars thrown. Like, do you have biblical grounds of divorce and do you this and do you that? Well, we have to remember that in Malachi, God says, that the reason why he hates divorce is because of what it does to the children. And he does hate divorce. Now, if you're getting married and you're older and your adult children are telling you, this is not good, this is not safe, and we're not going to come visit anymore because of this union that you've done, then you have to bring it to the Lord, ask for forgiveness, no matter what you did, even if it was a deception at the time, like regardless, like, and just say, Lord, please work this together for good. Just because we know Jesus does not mean our lives will be easy. We still deal with the trouble of this world. The only way we can overcome the trouble of this world is to focus on Jesus. With more people in our lives, the more problems we have. Why? Because all people have trouble or problems. God still says to not be a hermit, though, and to reach out to people. He gives us different spiritual gifts so that we can use them with different groups of people at different times. My Bible's open to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Why are there different gifts? Because each of us are around different people in different circumstances, through our jobs, through our families, through our events, through our grocery stores, and those different gifts in our personalities bring about different conversations that lead to sharing the gospel in some way. When we know Jesus, we become lights of the world. And that light goes out differently through all of us. I was thinking today about, uh, I have friends in Utah and they are Mormon. And uh, this was years ago. So I don't know if, if the homes and the houses are still this way, but probably around uh, 20 years ago. I was invited to a couple of my Mormon friends' homes, 
and I was surprised that each home looked the same and the recipes of what they made were all the same. And then I found out that on every Sunday morning, they have the same exact message distributed to every Mormon church across the entire world. And it is a message of do good unto others and love your neighbor as yourself. And I was just surprised how it seemed like at that time that Mormons were kind of cookie cutter people. Like, like when you became a Mormon, you had the same style of house and the same recipes. And, and it was almost like you had a formula or a set way to live. Well, that is not the way Jesus has set up Christianity. We are different people doing different things with different gifts, liking different foods, sharing, you know, sharing ourselves in the unique way that God made each of us. And our different gifts come from the same spirit who is not threatened or intimidated for us to be a certain way. We have freedom in our life with God. Are we going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Are we going to be depressed at times? Yes. Are we going to feel like God has left us and deserted us and we're all alone? Yes. Are we sometimes going to feel like that patient sitting in the chair, feeling like no one is there to pick us up from a doctor's appointment? Yes. We all have times of depression and sadness and gloom and even dread. There are times that we do have panic attacks. There are times that we have lived uh, a life that has either been so sheltered or so exposed that we're scared to make a decision for the next day. Yes. And my one friend said to me, you know, on those days, TL, I just go to bed early. I just go to bed early. And she said, and I'm one that can stay in bed for 12 to 15 hours at a time. And, and she said, until I can break that cycle and say, okay, now I'm going to get up. She said, that's what I do. We have to push the reset button. Sometimes we've got to turn off the computer and reboot it. And you know what? Sometimes we are computers and we have to reboot ourselves. Our phones are starting to act crazy or funny. You turn it off, have it rest for a couple of minutes and turn it back on. Why? Because it can reset itself. Well, we are flesh and blood. And in order to be okay every day, sometimes we go to bed early. Sometimes we eat our favorite food. Sometimes we call someone we know doesn't deal with the same issues we do so we can get a different perspective. Those are all ways the Spirit of God moves in us to keep moving forward. All right, now I'm just going to take a break and say you are listening to the Daily Disciples podcast with me. My name is Tony Lee Adamson. We're talking about life in the Spirit and being spirit-filled first as a prayer so that someday we are with God for eternity. But that the spirit-filled life may begin with a prayer, but it continues with the process. And the process does require the attitude of fear and trembling. And, and what does that mean? That means understanding that God 
is holy and righteous and pure, but he's completely loving. He dwells in the highest of heavens and the humblest of hearts. And if we don't come to him with a feeling of, God, I know that you know what's best. I know that your ways are greater than my ways. If we don't come to the Lord with a sense of awe and respect, we cannot walk in the power of the Spirit, which is the process of salvation. Okay? So dailydisciples.org, connectionsnetwork.tv. Uh, you can find us. And uh, Daily Disciples is a ministry that's been around for over 20 years. Bobby Brooks and myself are the co-founders. We've written many Bible studies. One is spiritual warfare. The spiritual warfare Bible study really did get around the world. I mean, it's it's amazing. That's only a four-lesson book, but it, it really does teach you how to walk in the Spirit. It also teaches you how to fight uh the demonic heavenly hosts that are constantly poking us and prying us and leading us into darkness and depression when God's goal for us is light and love and liberty, freedom. So just to let you know that if you want to follow me on Daily Disciples uh, podcast, it is a platform on podbean.com. So P O D. B-E-A-N, podbean.com, and you can follow this show. All right, so as we continue, I want to tell you something that happened to me last week. Uh, I have this sty in my eye, and I don't know how I got it. I mean, um, I think it's from the truth. Uh, I don't know what is happening with this. I think it was from my contact. I had... um, Suddenly, I have static, and I hope that you're not hearing that static. But uh, anyway, let me let me look at something a minute and see. Okay. Nope. I think it's because I welcomed somebody into this chat room, and that there's static in his. So I am going to close down this show and I will reopen it in a little while. So you have been listening to Daily Disciples podcast with Tony Lee Adamson and I will come back and share my story in a little bit. Thank you very much. Can I ask something, ma'am? Thank you for joining Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. No more fake, fancy, or fluffy, but real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. For more information, go to dailydisciples.org or connectionsnetwork.tv. And we can't wait to talk to you soon.